So how do you pronounce your last name so that I can actually get this on tape uh, one one last time to make sure that so people So you want don't. the definitive version. The, so if, if, I, yes. if I ever leave the States, it's well, Om. Yes. It, that's, that's if you go to France, it's Om. If I go to the rest of Europe, it's, it's Om. It's Om. And in this country, how it's do you... Hami. Hami. Because H-O-M is Ham, and then M again, and E is me. Hami. Okay. Hami. Okay. And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis, once again, got my brother Quentin with me. And if you didn't know who that was, I mean, he said his name, so that was Josh Hami. Uh, pronouncing his name for an interview that he did back in 2005 on KBZT Radio. Uh, so, Q, it uh, turns out we were mispronouncing his name the entire Queens of the Stone Age episode. Classic self Well, we've done that a few times. But anyway, um, our good buddy, uh, Mr. Eric Nash of the Almost Famous Minute podcast, he uh, brought that to our attention last week. So, thank you, Eric. And the funny thing is he sent us a link to uh, Josh's Wikipedia page. <laughs> there it is right at the top <laughs> in parentheses, like phonetically spelled out how to pronounce his last name. So, uh, yeah, check out his podcasts um, and many others over at PantheonPodcast.com. All right. So let's uh, let's get into it here. We're talking about Caius, uh, which we mentioned last week, and that is, of course, the first band that Josh Hami uh, was in before he he formed Queens of the Stone Age, and they are, uh, or at least they have gone on to become uh, sort of legendary desert rock uh, gods, if you will, or deities. I like I like using the word deities here, um, but desert rock, as I've touched on a few times throughout the history of No Filler, because we talked about. Um, I brought a band to the table for a sidetrack. Actually, it, I think it was a What You Heard, but it was Yawning Man. Yeah. And we talked about Yawning Man briefly. And I, I shared the same story that, that you kind of associate with Desert Rock of bringing a generator into the desert and setting up your equipment and just having a jam session in the desert. And that was kind of how these bands would essentially put on shows because there were no rock venues out in the desert uh, in, in Palm Desert, California or in the Coachella Valley. So these these uh, rock bands, you know, improvised basically and set up their own their own shows out in the desert, which is so sweet. You know, I mean, it's freaking awesome. There's this really great documentary that I watched. I highly recommend it. It's called Low Desert Sound. And it's a documentary about the desert rock scene. And it interviews a bunch of the players from that era. It interviews Josh Homme. Um Anyway, let's talk about Caius real quick. We'll do a quick overview. They formed in 1987. That's when we were formed, Q. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so the original lineup was Josh Homme. Oh, shit. Josh Homme, 
<laughs> I'm going to fuck that up over and over again. That's fine. It was Josh Homme on guitar, John Garcia vocals, Brant Bjork drums, and Chris Cockrell on bass. And it's worth noting that Nick Oliveri uh, was also one of the early members. And as we know, Nick Oliveri goes on to become the bass player of Queens of the Stone Age. So he's one of the um, the original desert rockers that, that Josh brought into the into the fold for, for the Queens project when that started. So anyway, uh, they started in 87, like I mentioned earlier, and they went by the name Katzenjammer, which is a German slang word for hangover. Cool. Uh, so one thing that is sort of, you know, sort of the stereotype of what desert rock is or what it like, you know, what people associate with desert rock is illicit drug use cue. Marijuana driven instrumental jam sessions in the desert. Marijuana? Exactly. That's why they went by Cats and Chamber because it, it, it means um, hangover. So anyway, so um, one of the things, and, and we talked about um, Josh's guitar technique and his unique sound last week. One of the things that he did, among other members of the desert rock scene, um, to get that heavy sound that is associated with desert rock is he would use bass amps um, instead of a regular guitar amp, and he would tune his guitar way down. And he had sort of a, uh, an explanation uh, for why they did that. So let's listen to that real quick. I, I think people associate it with two types of things in desert rock, with kind of heavier, dirgier, and I think there's also this kind of spacious, almost earthlings vibe. But the, the low tuning was a, a thing. Part of why we tuned down is to try to sound heavy outside, and also because I, I couldn't afford a tuner. I thought, this is something no one's doing that would make us different before we even played a song, is that it would just go So yeah, he said that he would he would tune down and just, you know, pluck a note and just let it kind of ring out in the desert, you know, as they were warming up before they even started, just to like set set the vibe, you know. Man, are there any clips? Are there any did anyone bring out a camcorder? Yes, there there's all sorts of clips out there, dude. Like I said, check out that documentary cuz cuz it shows a lot of early footage from Yeah, from that. I want to see that. Yeah, there was this like um this skate park out in the middle of the desert that that was like abandoned or something like that. And that's where they were through a lot of these parties. Um, and it was called like the naked bowl or, or the nude bowl or something like that. Anyway. Um, so yeah, let's just, let's get right into to one of the tunes here. Um, there's really not much more to say about it. It's better to hear it. So I'm going to play one of my favorite Kaya's tracks. This is off of their, their third album. Welcome to sky Valley, which came out in 1994 and this song is called Demon Cleaner
Yeah, so here's here's the thing that like, or at least with Caius, I'm not saying this is true for all Desert Rock, because the thing about Desert Rock is, you know, they're all characterized by certain sounds, but there's no like defining sound, I guess. Like some some of it sounds more like punk rock, you know. Okay. Um, but I would say that Caius, they almost sound more like, like you're you're getting. I mean, this is 94, so like, never mind, already happened, Dirt came out by Alice in Chains, like, we're in the grunge era. It sounded, it sounds like grunge music, a little bit. The darker, more, like, metal-centric grunge music, right? Yeah, I think his voice is what makes it stand out as something different. Yeah, and, and, and the fuzz. And the guitar, yeah, the, dude, the, and, and the guitar. Yeah, so like, one one thing worth noting is that that's not... That's not um, Hami on lead vocals, but he did write all of the songs on here. Who's singing? The the singer. His name is John uh, John Garcia. Oh, He's okay. also listed as I, one yeah, of the producers. I, I, I thought uh, Josh was the lead singer. Nope. I mean, he does he does backing vocals here and there, but he he is not he's not the lead singer. But he does um, write he does write the songs. So I mean, it's his songwriting. So that's why I liked the uh, back and forth yaz. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so why <laughs> that was not planned? That was stupid. I liked it. <laughs> so um, one thing, another thing worth noting here before we move to the next song. Uh, Chris Goss is one of the producers, and he was sounds familiar. Yeah he 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 was an assistant producer for songs for the deaf. Um, he was also one of the DJs. I think he was the elastic ass guy on songs for the day. <laughs> anyway. So, um, Nick Oliveri is not on this record. Just in case you were wondering who the bass player was, it's some guy named Scott reader. Um, he's listed as being a associated with tool in some form or another. I'm not sure how, but anyway, so the thing about Caius and it seems kind of similar to, queens is that you know there are the core members but they kind of you know it, it reminds me a lot of we talked about um the music scene that kevin parker came out of um when he was getting his start out in australia it was the perth music scene right we talked about that yeah. and how they all kind of shuffled around and it's very similar in, in this in the desert in the California desert with these desert rock guys. A lot of them just kind of rotate in and out of their each other's bands, and you know, in the case of of Queens, you know, he, Josh brought some of these guys, you know, with him to the big time, you know, the big show, as it were, when he made the Queens of Stone Age stuff. So anyway, um, I just think that's so cool, dude. I feel like if you're a musician, like that's, I mean, that, like like what more could you ask for? You know, you find a group of of like-minded musicians and you just kind of shuffle around and just jam, you know? Yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's I like, that. I want that so bad. And that's the thing. It sounds like with these, um, these little, uh, towns that they grew up in these communities, it was, you know, you're out in the middle of the desert, you know, and this right. was the nineties. So, you know, you grab a guitar, grab a pair of drums, a pair of drums. <laughs> grab a. Yeah, uh, they, grab you a, had to have two two drum sets. Grab a, grab a floor tom. I don't know, and just start jamming, man. 
And so this was kind of it. They were sort of rebelling against, I briefly mentioned this last week, but like these were retirement communities. So you'd have these, you know, senior citizens come in in the winter or whatever. And as, you know, a way to rebel against that, you know, they would get in their garage and crank up the, the amps and, you know, get the cops called on them, you know? Yeah. So I think you had mentioned last week that Sky Valley, that's where they went out and jammed. What, Sky Valley is, what, yeah, it's one Sky of, Valley. yeah, it's one of the cities out there in the desert. So, And I'm looking at the album cover. I mean, I guess it's possible that, that, that this is a road that they took and they passed that sign along to to you know their their jam session space oh yeah that's that sign is still up yeah it's really cool There's, it's kind of one of those things where like if you're if you're out in the desert in one of the, you know and you, you have the chance to to drive up people kind of pose in front of the sign you know and give like the the devil horns and stuff because this is kind of an iconic album such um, a cool album cover yeah i like the color it's 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 cool but yeah this is you know a lot, another thing about the desert rockers is that they never, they never hide it. You know, it's always like front and center, like yeah. putting the you know naming the record after a sign yeah. into one of the communities. Yeah, they take, you know, they take pride in where they in their roots. Yeah, and and, and uh, I don't know if we we mentioned this at all, but Josh Hami, did I say that right? Yes, Josh Hami. Um, he puts together, you know, these desert sessions is what he calls them. Uh, yeah. And I think they, he just announced that they're going to do another one. Yep. Uh, got the, I've got a Pitchfork article on that pulled up, dude. It's their first Desert Sessions album in 16 years. They record this stuff in Joshua Tree, which was a huge theme in the, Queen, in the Songs for the Deaf album, right? Because the whole idea was that you're driving from L.A. to Joshua Tree. Right. Uh, so it's cool that they that that he brings out these musicians and they record out there in the desert. You know, obviously it's called the Desert Sessions. How, how stupid would it be if they didn't record in the <laughs> desert? Uh, Dude, look at the fucking artwork, man! It's so cool. Oh, that's dope. That's so. That's Volume Eleven, and then they also Volume also Eleven. Volume tw- I know. That's what I'm saying, dude. When I when I when I saw the the headlines that that he's releasing a new album, and this is you know volume 11 and 12 it's like what like i you know i never got into kais or anything but I, you know i'm a, I'm a josh homie fan like i'm surprised that i didn't know about this well Travis, i'm shocked that you didn't know about this that, that they're 11 12 volumes in now well what can i say man it looks like you got a lot of new music i got to some catching to, up dude. to do <laughs> yeah all right let's play another track here um this is from the very next uh album and this uh, this album is called "And the Circus Leaves Town." Came out the following year, nineteen ninety five, and we're gonna play the first track on the record. It's called "Hurricane."
Uh, man, I'm all about the guitar. Yeah, dude. And the and, bass. You know, hey, it's Josh, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so again, uh, same crew from the last record. I bet you they recorded all the stuff around the same time. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you mentioned this while the song was playing cue, but you just can't escape um, the similarities in the drums between this guy. His name is uh, Alfredo Hernandez and uh, Dave Grohl. But I mean... You know, yeah, the thing I don't about, know if it's because, like, maybe, you know, did Dave Grohl have that much of an influence on how people, dr- you know, play drums I th- uh, yeah. around this time? You know, because of Nirvana? Probably. Yeah, I mean, from from what I've what I've read and, like, what I've heard about the impact that, that, um, that Nevermind had is that, yeah. like, everybody started drumming like that. Um, yeah, dude. You know, Smells Like Teen Spirit was such a huge... That that drum intro and smells like Team Spirit, you know. Apparently, yeah, that was yeah. pretty pretty um, impactful. Like it, you know, you'd never heard drumming like that. So yeah, th- you know, you can't escape. I mean, th- the funny thing about the desert rock scene is that they 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 prided themselves on like being an alternative to the grunge scene. Like they even had, uh, you know, they were they would throw on. Uh, throw shows together and like on the flyer it would say like screw seattle you know like that was the, the name <laughs> of the show and stuff like that so yeah you know, they were trying to like be like an alternative to to grunge but i mean you hear it in the music like it it sounds like a heavier grunge you know yeah which is why i like which it a is lot, crazy you know? because i mean we, you know we, we've talked about you know three different uh flavors of this rock in the early 90s shoegaze grunge and desert rock good yeah. stuff dude yeah um and we talked about i mean the very first episode that we did was alice and chains dirt right and i talked about how that was sort of the um the heavier side of grunge you know yeah yeah and um this is just another one of those you know it's an offshoot if you look at the the music tree you know I would put Desert Rock as a branch of, of of grunge. You know, I just would. You know what I would say? I'd say it's just another side of the coin. You would say that, but how many, <laughs> you, dude? There's only two sides to a coin, bro. Uh, how well, many sides you know, you got, does your you, coin have? You got multiple coins involved. I don't know. That's dude. confusing as fuck. I know. I know it doesn't work. Super confusing. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, yeah, so. Uh, one thing worth mentioning, and um, we can sort of actually, you know what? Let's take a quick break, Q, and then we'll come back, Ooh, uh, and we'll call. do our we'll do our what you heard's. And we're back, and you know what, dude? I was thinking about it. Maybe uh, we can just say it's it's just a, another uh, face of the die. Eh? Okay, yeah, because you know what. If you if you play like uh, you know tabletop games, like you could buy like you know twelve yeah. sided die or something like that, you know. Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, all right. I feel better now. I feel better now. It, it's all cleared up now. Uh, so are we moving on to what your hurts. Yes. Now we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about Desert Rock Q. Okay. But we'll we'll close out with one more clip. Uh, but yeah, let's do our what your hurts real quick. We didn't do those last week because the Queen's episode was so long and uh jam-packed with tunage uh so anyway q what you've been heard in lately 
Well, I would have said it was tune packed with jamage, but that's just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were going to laugh so much. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Okay. Uh, well, um, guess where I heard this, dude? Just guess. Um, KEXP? Correct. <laughs> because, you know what? I've got the station on often in my, in my car. How much th- uh, are they paying you, dude? No, dude. I wish because I want to be. It's pretty I much. Wanna, it, be, I want to be a part we're of. We're doing family. like weekly we, ads for them. No, 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 no. Uh, we have paid them, you know, to to help uh, contribute. Oh, you guys? Did you guys get it like a tote bag or something? Nah, we didn't give them that much money. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to give them like we, fifty bucks to get a tote bag. So, something like that. But uh, we actually we give more money to KUOW, which is our our. Uh, npr affiliate station yeah yeah uh so this is an artist uh who goes by sasami or sashimi sasami or sasami or i guarantee you dude we're mispronouncing that too i'm that's why i said all the different ways that it could possibly be you've got yourself covered uh yeah yeah uh which is actually her first name her her full name's is her, her full name is <laughs> her, her full name is Sasami Ashworth, and I feel like uh, I had some of that for by, dinner the other night. <laughs> oh my god, dude! <laughs> she uh, she goes by Sasami. It's stylized, and guess guess what, dude? It's all caps. Of course it, it is, man. If you're a new band and you don't have all caps in your yeah. in your name, you might as well just fucking give up. You're yeah, not going to amount to nothing. Yeah, yeah. So she's been um, making music since 2012. Uh, or at least been, you know, out there um, since 2012. But this is her first full-length album. Uh, it's self-titled. It just came out in March of this year. Um, you remember that artist that I played? I think it was when we first brought back our What You Heard's. Uh, it was the artist named Jason. Yeah, uh, I remember. That fe- yeah. Uh, this is very much in the same vein. So I haven't really listened to the album all the way through. But this one's a a great track, and it, um, because KEXP is so cool, it's not a single, but they played it anyways. You know what I'm saying? Word. So this is track three on the album. It's called "Morning Comes."
vocals remind me of something of, of a band. I can't quite put my finger on it though, but you know who she reminds me of her voice and like kind of the way that, that she writes her melodies. It kind of reminds me of Jose Gonzalez for some reason. You know who that is? Ah, I don't know about that, dude. Well, I didn't. Of course, I, I mean, only I know, know one Jose Gonzalez song. So. Uh, well, just. Uh, okay, you know uh, what? I can maybe see it a little bit now that I'm thinking about that a song. Little bit, a little bit. Just a little bit. I like the drums in that, man. Just yeah, really me too. kind of I straightforward. Liked I liked it too. Very, very repetitive. Um, yeah, I liked it. So, again, that is Sasami. And her um, first full length album came out earlier this year. It is self titled. That song was called Morning Comes. So, what you got for me, brother? What you been heard into lately? Okay, so um, these guys are technically classified as shoegaze. Not to go back to shoegaze, but what can I say? Well, that's what you're doing. So, um, I've actually i've I've been aware of these guys for a while now. Um, they pronounce by the name or. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> uh, the name. <laughs> guess what? Q. What? It's all capital letters, baby. Uh, but it's D I I V. D I I V. Pronounced. Oh, dive. I've heard of them. Yeah, sure you have. So yeah. um, they formed back in 2011. Okay. Indie rock, dream pop, shoegaze band from New York City. And, well, which one is um, it? It's all of them. Is it indie rock? Is it Dream Pop or is it it's all, all three. Actually, that's... Yeah, we already talked about it. We did, didn't we? Uh, so there you go. Yeah, dream um, Pop is synonymous to Shoegaze. Yep. So um, they they came out... Their, their first album came out... Oh, fuck. What am I doing? Yeah, I remember um, them... I remember that album cover. Yeah, Ocean is what it's called. So you see what they're doing? Mm-hmm. Dive, Ocean. It's... I see that. These, and it's not, you know what? It's not spelled like you'd think ocean is spelled. No. And dive is not spelled like dive would be. So that's, so you know, clever. they know what they're doing. Um, so in, interestingly enough, um, the drummer, actually, no, I guess he's the lead singer. His name is Zachary Cole Smith. And prior to forming dive, he played drums for beach fossils. And, um, uh, Played guitar with a, a rock band, a psych rock band called Soft Black. So, um, you know, he decided, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing now. So he started a band called Dive and, you know, basically enlisted his friends from childhood and brought in a guy that used to play for the Smith Westerns, which is another dream pop band from that era, uh, to play drums on the live band. Anyway, uh, they just put out a new single called Blankenship and we're going to listen to that right now that's that
give me more of that, dude. Yeah, man. Killer drums, killer bass. Yes. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. There's nothing about that 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 uh, gives off a shoegaze vibe to me, um, except for maybe his I voice. Maybe. I think it's the distortion and the maybe. Yeah, the, maybe. Or the the oh, fuzz, no, maybe, the yeah. fuzz, the, the fuzz, fuzz on the guitar. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, yeah. that's not to say that like that band that their their first record, which we talked about, Ocean, definitely has. The, sort of the signature shoegaze guitar bit, sound, a bit more drony. Yeah, but they've kind of evolved and in, in, in sort of changed their sound uh, from record to record. But I just really I like, like that. It. Yeah. Uh, so that single, it's got three tracks on it. Uh, that's the title track. Again, that was called Blankenship, and that was Very by cool. a band called Dive. All right, Q. Uh, so this is a sidetrack episode, so we're going to keep it short and sweet as we tend to do. But I wanted to um, close out with a really cool clip from that documentary that is a live, um, must have been some, you know, home video. Uh, Somebody recorded a couple of the guys from Yawning Man just doing like a jam session. And this guy who's on guitar, which is what the clip mainly focuses on, his name is Mario Lali. And he went by the name Boomer, like that was kind of his his nickname. But he um, he and his brother, I think it was his brother or his cousin or something like that. But it was one of his family members. Uh, he he played bass, and they would um, just do these jam sessions. And Josh Hom, or is it Hami? Josh Hami um, <laughs> mentioned uh, Mario as like sort of this. Uh, he he the way he called it was um, unhecklable. As in, like, while he was up there playing, like, there's not, nobody would, would ever even consider yelling, like, you suck or something like that, you know? Cause, like, right. the guy was just so he freaking was un- good. untouchable. He was just so awesome. And, like, Josh said that, that, uh, that was his, his goal was to just be unhecklable, like this guy. So, anyway, um, here's, here's a quote from Brant Bjork, which, um, as I mentioned earlier, was the, he was the drummer for Caius, but uh, here's a quick quote from him. He says here, uh, Yawning Man was the sickest desert band of all time. You'd just be up there in the desert, everybody'd just be hanging, partying, and they'd show up in their van and just mellow, drag out their shit, and set up right about the time sun was going down, set up the generators. Sometimes, they, sometimes they'd just go up there and drink beers and barbecue. Sometimes it would be a scene Sometimes it would be very intimate. It was very casual and loose, and everybody would like, while they're playing, everyone would just lounge around. They were kind of like a house band. It wasn't militant like Black Flag. It was very drugged, very stony, very mystical. Everyone's just tripping, and they're just playing away for hours. The greatest band yeah, I've ever cool. seen. I'm pretty sure, now that I'm reflecting back on it, I, I think I said this you exact quote. <laughs> yeah, when we did. That's cool. Yeah, anyway, but that was, you know, a long time ago. So anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, remember when I said earlier that like the desert rock um, scene didn't really have a, like a for sure, like particular sound, you know, like a lot of the Yanni right. Man stuff has, has like some surf guitar vibes, like all, all up in it. Dude, but, if you um, say yawn one more time, I think I might actually have to yawn. Well, so not, just, you know. you're not going to be yawning when you hear this clip, dude. All right. Next week, we're going to do our first i would say legit metal band um on our metal month 
we're going to talk about a doom metal band from Denver. They go by the name Chemis, K-H-E-M-M-I-S, and they are probably my favorite uh, metal band to come out, like new metal band to come out uh, in the last five years. These guys are, are young guns, man, but they can shred like nobody's business, dude. Okay, uh, so we're going to talk about Chemists next week, and that's that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we're going to have Mr. Mario Lamy. Wait, shit. Is that how you pronounce his name? It's Lamy. I don't know. We're going to have Mr. Mario Boomer Lolly close us out with a little guitar jamming. And uh, check out more great music podcasts over at pantheonpodcast.com. Uh, you can find a link to our website there. And um, from our website, you can check out all of our previous episodes, all of our show notes. And that's that. My name is Travis. And I'm Quentin. See you all next week. Unheckable. There was no way you could say, you suck. He just, he was so, he meant it so much. And I remember thinking that's what I want to be, is unhecklable. At the time, Boomer was a big, really big guy, you know. And his, co- <laughs> his cousin Larry, like a stick skinny, and they're the same height. So they were just this beautiful odd couple. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.